0: In fun news this week, James, I've handed in my notice at my current flat, ah. which means that the Seesaw Parade podcast will be coming to you from the east end of Glasgow for only the next three weeks. Oh, boy. And that's it. Oh, boy. We're away. Madness. Going even further away from you, which is a bit sad. <laughs> but tell you what, yep. solicitors can just clearly, I, this, this is the conclusion I've come to. Solicitors will charge whatever they like. And despite the fact that everything takes, you know, this has taken nearly four months. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, there's been a pandemic, but still. I figure that they don't feel the need to work any faster. No. Because, you know, why make things? Why do less work in faster time and have to charge less for it? So they're yeah. quite happy just just strolling along, ignoring all my emails, and then phoning once a fortnight to say, Oh, by the way, I got your email. Thanks. I'm going to send you another one next week. and it comes 10 days later and something that uh, like something like buying a a property or or sorting out uh, the legal side of a house which they could literally just do in an afternoon if they all got in the same zoom call right takes months yeah because they have to post everything yeah and it's and it's stupid everything runs the old
1: way but why i don't know reforms are difficult it's hard to change entire
0: industries it has been very frustrating if you can't tell i can tell i hide it pretty well i mean i can't tell the uh, the next challenge though is I- I've drawn up a to do list for all the things I need to do before I move out, which is things like repaint the wall where I put blue tack and then took the blue tack off, and there's just a big oily horrible mark. And I'm not getting my deposit back if I don't do that. The guy comes in and sees uh, literally uh, a whole gamut of blue tack marks on my wall. Uh-huh. I ain't getting that deposit, and I want that deposit. But the question is like, is it worth
1: your time? Right, you gotta calculate how long it's gonna take <laughs> to fix a thing. Few hours and buying paint. Yeah, and then calculate how much you usually get paid for that much of your time and then be like, is it worth it?
0: I know, but my deposit's nearly 800 quid, so. Oof, that's a big deposit. You know, I ain't gonna sniff at that. I'm gonna be like, oh, you know what? You can keep your 800 quid. I'm just gonna oh, man. be poor. You should have considered that before you blue tacked the wall. Well, see, I didn't think of that. I didn't realize that blue tack did this to no, walls. Blue tack's awful. I know I know that now. I have to use nails next time. Well that oh, that's also awful. <laughs> no, but at least I can like fill it in. <laughs> yeah, fill it in with Blue Tac. Like I'm looking at some of these marks and they, they like some of them have taken the paint off the wall. Yeah, yeah. I did not realize Blue Tack would do that.
1: There's no really easy solutions. I highly recommend just
0: never touching your walls.
1: Just just don't <laughs> just don't go near the walls. Easy as.
0: But now I'm you know in the process of getting this flat my interior design brain is just yeah. going mad and thinking oh, i could make put neon lights everywhere and and paint walls green there's a big difference is you're not renting it so you're not going to like pay yourself a deposit <laughs> and then actually you might be renting it that belongs to somebody else how did that go i mean i mean technically i did lose a bet yeah over over the ownership of the flat yeah. so my brother technically owns the flat he
1: might ask for a deposit in which case don't touch the walls but since you own the place do whatever
0: you want to the walls it, just might, it might depreciate the value That I mean that's the other thing is that my second bedroom in this flat which I'm very confident I will eventually get into I'm going to turn that second bedroom into a studio and paint one of the walls green yeah but once I eventually do sell it again, in however many years that is, I'm gonna to have to like f- unpaint it green, which is gonna be challenging because that's gonna really come through.
1: Yeah, I suppose you could just you could look for um, DIY recommendations for green screen walls. See if anybody else has thought of a simple uh. solution to this problem. Maybe they'll be like, put up a a false wall with plywood and paper it, and then paint that, and
0: then you don't have to worry about. The old paint see james you are much more diy minded than i am right i have a a track record of being utterly useless when it comes to that kind of thing correct although i did manage to paint the room here a few months ago and i you know sellotaped round all the window sills and the plug sockets, and managed to Wait, avoid sellotape? all sort of... Uh, did you use sellotape or masking tape? Masking tape. See, this is what I'm talking about. Okay. And I managed to avoid getting paint on anything apart from the walls, so that was a success. Yeah, good job. It's the only thing I've done in the last 10 years which has gone mildly well. Uh, DIY is all about trying, and then if it doesn't go well, you just do it again and then hope that nobody notices <laughs> the bad stuff that you did. And here's the other thing, is that there's, there, are, there are marks of, like, damp, in this flat which have been here for quite some time do i get like marked down for that because i ain't my fault yeah i don't know always have the window open i think that's just a buildings in the uk problem there's not
1: enough ventilation in them we don't have good airflow here thrilling thrilling chat conversation everybody out there if you've got mold problems please (laughs) get in touch with us about them let us know if you're worried that you will lose your deposits in your respective accommodations because of your aforementioned mould problem. I mean, well, can I paint over it? Will it go away? This is, assuming, like, this is this is flat-related
0: mould, not, like, body-related mould. Don't, no, don't it's, email it's, us about those. It's very much on my ceiling of my flat as opposed to my ceiling of my head. <laughs> the roof of my mouth. No, not quite. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a problem for later life. Welcome to Seasaw Parade, episode 212, where we discuss mold and uh, other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bodily issues mm-hmm. i'm colin and he's james yeah and neither of us are in the pub indeed we are not in the pub although i do have a, i have made myself a little vodka lilt here james ah very nice it's mainly because i'm attempting to use up all the things i have in my fridge and oh you're just going through it all hence why the vodka lilt was born and it's it's all right it's yeah it's not the finest creation but i'm sure that's not bad Yeah, so I'll be all right. Thank you, everybody, who uh, has been listening to the show over the last few weeks and getting in touch as well. Uh, We talked about, before we get into the show this week, We talked about litter last week and the fact that people just like chucking their stuff on the floor. They just chuck their stuff. And Emel got in touch and said, Regarding litter, several years ago, I was walking with a colleague and moaning about litter on our path and the pots who dropped it. And she shared some insightful words which have stuck with me. Right. She said, you can be in one of three groups. Group one, Pots who drop litter. Right. Group 2, people who abhor littering and the BAMPOTs who do it. Right. And Group 3, people who abhor littering and the BAMPOTs who do it and also pick up that litter rather mm-hmm. than just walking past it complaining. Yeah. Challenging words that move me from a Group 2 to Group 3. Thanks, Linda. Well, thank you, Linda. That's 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 some good words there. Yeah, Group 3 sounds
1: like sounds like the group to be in. I think it could also be a big power move if you are <laughs> like friends with one of them, Group 1 BAMPOTs. Uh, and you notice them littering it could be a power move to go and pick it up and just not not mention it not say anything but just have them stop to watch you pick up their junk and granted that if you pull it off wrong it looks like you're their like uh subject that's you're, that is true but if you do it right you could be showing them that you're the boss and that your views on littering are more important than theirs <laughs>
0: It was a couple of weeks ago, James, I was going for a run. And yeah. I was running around, running down the Broomy Law next to the River Clyde. And about 20 yards in front of me were a group of young Bampots who were drinking oh. and not socially distancing. So I was ah. aghast already, as you can imagine. Yeah. And one of the young girls whose face was closer to the color orange clearly didn't see me and launched the empty glass bottle of what I think was vodka against the metal railings next to the River Clyde, about 10 yards, not even that. I was a couple of feet away from Oof. from her path as she launched it. Oof. She clearly just didn't see me at all. Aye. Glass shattered, I kind of dramatically leap through the air to avoid the the shattered glass and i, nice. I did you do did he do a backflip did you I do didn't. a spiraling backflip i i nearly did you know like the spider-man move where he like propels himself forward and he handsprings springs over the exploding yeah, thing yeah, yeah. oh nice a handspring nice yeah, yeah. I, I i contemplated that but then thought you know what it would be better just shouting something like what are you doing <laughs> instead <laughs> hoi yeah hoi you one, one of the one of the boy band pots shouted back ah sorry sorry big man sorry oh well at least they apologized you know but then i but then i thought should i turn around and say i want you to pick up every single shard of glass you see that's
1: risky that would be again we this is the same kind of power move because you're taking the risk you could be like pick up those shards and then they do it and you're like you're the boss but you could turn around and be like pick up those shards and then they go no and then you go (laughs) okay
0: then well yeah exactly like I was not going to win I'll, that. Oh, yeah, go. <laughs> Off I go. I'm, I've still got another three kilometers to go. So yeah, but... I, I just had to express my outrage yeah. and uh, hope that she felt bad, but I don't think she did. Oh. I think she was half cut. I'm glad you didn't get a glass from my distance. That stuff's dangerous. It is dangerous. That's very true. Now, on the, on more serious matters, apart from <laughs> Ned's throwing glass at me, shall should we, should we crack on with what's been happening in the news in the last week? Let's do. Let's do it. Okay, well, as you may have noticed at the start of the show, I noted that neither myself nor James are in the pub. Because it's
1: no, because we've got a brain.
0: Because well, that too, but seems some parts of the population do not. Because down south in England, you can now go to the pub. As of yeah. six AM on Saturday morning, the UK government allowed bars and pubs to open as long as one meter social distancing was enforced, along with salons, hairdressers, uh, cinemas, gyms, and a few other bits and bobs. However, the police federation today have said it is crystal clear that drunk people are unable to socially distance. This match is sponsored by one brand of alcohol. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, This was uh, John Apter, who is the head of policing down in southampton you said that the officers had to deal with naked men happy drunks angry drunks (laughs) fights and more angry drunks on their first on england's first night out in Uh, several months now james yeah let's let's talk about this decision first of all because in scotland and i believe in wales and northern ireland bars remain shut and only outdoor spaces at first will be available will be in alive, the next yeah. uh, in yeah. the next few days so this decision to allow bars to open what do, what do we make of this
1: uh well yeah it seems dumb i think they've seen other countries do it and they've been like hey we can do it too yeah uh but this instance of british exceptionalism is true because <laughs> our populations um you know, a fair love affair with alcohol is a bit more destructive than other populations because other countries, yes, they've opened up their drinking a wee bit and they've been able to be a bit sensible about it. And we tried it. It didn't work. So, like, I think it's fair looking at the state of the world and going, hey, other people have managed to do this. Let's give it a go. Uh, But I think it's just kind of forgetting our culture is a wee bit different in
0: this instance. Yeah, there were reports from Devon and Cornwall police of over 1,000 drink-related incidents. And if you saw any pictures on social media from Soho in London, the place was absolutely rammed. Yeah, I I just think it's
1: a bit short-sighted again because we've still got the most infections as well. Yeah. So we're, we're copying other people and pretending that we are as far along in the process and the progress as they are, but we're not. Uh we need to act like we are still pretty pretty well infected as a nation.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Over the weekend the death toll, the official death toll in the UK has risen to more than forty-four thousand two hundred. Mm-hmm. And the deaths are still in the tens, sometimes in the hundreds over the last few days, a hundred plus at least. And that's comparable to Well, we're still winning that league table in Europe. Yeah. The likes of Spain and France and Italy, whilst they've had a few flare-ups, are still being dealt with. Whereas in the UK, we still don't have anything resembling a proper track and trace contact tracing system or an app or anything. Nothing.
1: nothing, Or controlled
0: borders. That is, yeah, very true. Did you see that Boris said that actually there is no border between England and Scotland? Oh, yeah, that was fun, chat. There's no such thing. There's
1: just absolutely no border between England and Scotland, which is really reassuring because Nicola Sturgeon is very popular nowadays, so I reckon we can go and just take over a couple of cities in the north and Boris won't complain. We'll,
0: she we'll just start running those ones too. Nicola did suggest that uh, she would go down to Newcastle yeah. and see if she could start implementing some Scottish policies and see what Boris thought about that.
1: She's on the money. There's no border. I bet they like her more than they like Boris. So I think we go for it. And then we'll move the border there because there is a border and there's science that delineates it. And there's regional differences between the places. There's there's actual geographical dif- differences between the places. Scotland is made out of a different kind of rock
0: than England. We've got different cows. <laughs> okay, that's yeah, also true. Now, the big plan here for getting pubs reopened and salons and barbers, as we've talked about in the show before... Is about getting the economy moving again because that Aye. to the UK government is more important yes. than people being alive. Despite yes. the fact that with the current death toll, and I read this this morning, it is the equivalent of something like eleven plane crashes a day, Oof. where there has been an entire you know the the entire plane has been consumed, fatalities hundred in the in the hundreds. Yeah, every yeah. single day for the last yeah. one hundred and ten plus days, and we just Mad. don't care about it. Yeah, parts it- of it I think has been that we have and the media have been. I don't want to say downplaying the figures, but in some cases, yes. Mm. In other in, some, in other yeah. cases, I think we are we have become desensitized to the numbers. Well, it's the but big w- number problem. Well, well, it, well so it, the official toll is forty four thousand two hundred plus. It's a huge number. Unofficially, you're talking near sixty thousand. Sixty thousand yeah. people have died. Yeah. And we're just going back to the pub like nothing's happened. Yeah. It, it, it's a problem. We've we've I'd talked about it for like
1: things that are killing people in their thousands far away. Now it's happening here. When the numbers are in their thousands, people struggle to empathize with it more. It's harder to like view it as people and it's more just a number. Um, so when the media says like, 100 more people have died, people are like, well, 100. But if it was someone of a name who had died and it was a rarity, it, we'd care far more. And it's just a, it's a part of the human, human brain. So it seems. Not that I'm saying that's justified. We need to care a lot.
0: Of course we do, but I I do feel that people, and you know I include myself in this, have got to a point where you're thinking, well, what what more can we do? Because well, yeah, you know the lockdowns are being lifted, the phases are on the move, numbers are going down. They're still far too high, but they're still going down. Aye. Now what? Nothing. Because well, of course there's going to be an investigation, but what's that going to do? Yeah. Nothing. Well, we've got
1: to be open to the idea of regional lockdowns and more lockdowns where needed and stuff like that and uh, ideas that progress the control we have over the situation. I know people are tired Mm -hmm. of the whole thing by now. Uh, but people in the UK and clearly people in in the in the US are just so used to convenience and to things going their way and yeah. to being able to take their kids out to the beach and whatnot that having all that stripped away is just too difficult uh, so what can people do? They can be better than that because it's difficult but it's 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 really important <laughs> when something's really important it doesn't matter how difficult
0: it is you, you keep trying. You you talked about local lockdowns there James before we move on. There has been a two week local lockdown imposed on the city of Leicester. Yeah. And also because of a number of cross border infections in the south of Scotland, the likes of Gretna and Annan, Aye. that has also been essentially clamped down on. Yeah, they've not been allowed the same freedoms as other regions of Scotland. Right. Nicola Sturgeon suggested that English visitors to Scotland would be subject to a 14 day quarantine. Well, she didn't she didn't suggest it. She she got asked If it was a thing we could do
1: and she didn't say no hard enough. She was like, I guess we could if the experts
0: suggested it. So that was, that was, as you say, it was certainly in the political sphere. And then yesterday it was revealed that the airport's 14 day arrival quarantine. Yeah. Since that's been implemented, there have been no fines and nobody has been checked up on. Certainly in Scotland.
1: Nobody's checking on them it's ridiculous
0: that does seem to me like a totally pointless exercise it is
1: if you're not checking that people are keeping your rules they're not gonna work <laughs> it's crazy how li- like and it's the same we talked about this before scotland is not doing a good job we're just doing a slightly better job than england yeah um we need to do better. And whoever it is that has set this scheme up and decided that we don't need to be following up on the people, all we have to do is be like, do you have a quarantine plan? And have them go yes and then just blind trust them. Yep. Uh, we need to know who is responsible for that and like get them to do a better job. And then get them to lose their current one after this is all over.
0: guess the idea from the Scottish government, and I'm un- unable to speak for the UK side because I don't know the the facts or the stats for how many people have been fined or checked up on. But certainly in Scotland, it's a big fast zero. Yeah, and I believe, as you say, James, it's because people that are arriving; they're being asked, you know, you have to qu- or you you know you must quarantine for fourteen days. Yeah,
1: what's your quarantine they say, plan?
0: Yep, yeah. sure, sounds good. And then they go off home, and that's it. There's no sort of yeah. checkups, there's no way of finding out where these people are, or where they're staying, or what their contact details are. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. It's, it's stupid. It's completely pointless.
1: It just seems way more simple than that. Just database. <laughs> and maybe it's a data protection thing. They didn't have the right data protection stuff in place to actually take down notes and be like, here's the planned address with this person. Who knows? But they haven't told us why they're failing, and we need to know why they're failing, and we need to know what the plan is to stop failing. And it's clearly not going well in England either because Mr. Farage has broken that rule. So I, I did see fun. that. He yeah.
0: tweeted a picture of himself on a pub. Within two weeks of returning from the United States, Correct. which is one of the danger places. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's, so let's focus on the economy then. Right. There have been a huge number of job cuts and uh, companies going into administration over the last week. A number of big retailers... I believe the last figure I saw was something like thirty-six thousand redundancies had been announced in the last three days alone. Mm-hmm. The Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced a five billion pound stimulus package for the economy. Wow. Five billion, James. What a number. Oh my goodness. Pretty sure Angela Merkel announced a six hundred and fifty billion pounds stimulus for Germany, but yeah. You know five what?
1: billion. Wow. <laughs> that will last us about, I don't know.
0: 20 roundabouts? Who uh, well, knows? Right. Did you see what Boris had actually said that this money was going towards? Infrastructure a wee bit. Mostly England. It. They actually broke it down and it was It was England. Uh, yeah, so, so first <laughs> of all, all this money is going to England. And also, I believe two-thirds of what he said or what he was announced had previously been announced in other budget things. Yeah,
1: so this wasn't new budget stuff it was just real real labeling yeah plans there was already plans for this and then they've just labeled it as like
0: corona response now well done us there have been as you say james there was nothing in that stimulus plan for scotland or wales yeah but also it is this continuing trend of the devolved nations doing their own thing and even in the way that coronavirus stats are recorded because yeah scotland and wales now james you're gonna have to see if you can explain this better than i can scotland and wales Okay. publish their coronavirus figures based on both the NHS tests, but also the, I want to say private tests. Is that correct? The private tests. Yeah, we've uh,
1: Every nation in the UK has got private corporations doing testing as well.
0: Right. And in Scotland and Wales, we count those in our figures. We count those in the official published figures, yes. England
1: do not. England only reports the NHS figures. Apparently. Why? To make the numbers look small so people will go back to the beaches and get the economy <laughs> afloat. And it, like genuinely that feels like it's the case because the people making the decisions to lift lockdowns had access to the private data as well. Yep. And they still opened the places up. You look at the data for like Leicester and all those areas, they knew the numbers were, were not safe. And they still opened all those places up because they had access to this data. And now we're seeing some of it too. And we can make the same graphs and we can be like, well, hold on. When those bars were getting bigger, we were talking about making fewer restrictions. Why? There's no real answer. They, it's just the same kind of and it's the same kind of thing you've seen in the States where, where, where Donald's like, hey, just don't test as much, and then the numbers will go down. <laughs> we're doing that. That's what we're doing. We're just publishing less data. And then the numbers are going down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just scummy. And it's the same. It's all about reopening the economy because our economy is just passing money about within the borders. Because tourism is gone now. We can't really do that for a while. It is. So the only thing that's going to get the economy going is if we start passing money to each other in person. But it's not okay to be going and doing stuff in person. So they're trying to make it look like it
0: is. So that we go do it. To me, this one, before we move on to the next section, to me, it's very simple. There are so many different sectors and whole ways of life which will have to be put on hold until a vaccine is found. For example, the entertainment industry. Right. Theatres are closing down by the week, despite the fact they've been crying out for some sort of cash injection. Everything which involves a person-to-person exchange of funds. And as you say, tourism is another one. Yeah. Huge industries of massive importance to, to the UK and to Scotland, which will simply not exist in their f- previous form, yeah. at least for a year, yep. let's say 18 months, or until a vaccine is, is around. Yeah. So what the government needs to do, it's very simple, is just chuck a whole bunch of money, talking £650 billion would be great, at the people who need it. And the people who don't need it Mm -hmm. can actually get back to work and do their thing when it's appropriate, when it's safe to do so. Mm -hmm. But the government seems totally reluctant. And I get, you know, you have to like loan lots of money, you have to be lending money from lots of places and that's not good because you have to pay it back. But now is the time to be doing it because there's no other solution. Getting people to go back to work when it's unsafe to do so is a recipe for disaster. It just means that what's going to happen, or what could well happen, is going to be what we're seeing in the States, which is, actually, the figures just go back, or they, they certainly rise. And then they're further going, no, they're lockdowns... They're
1: getting ridiculous in the States. It is. We'll, we'll, we'll get it's to that.
0: So, so, to me, it's very simple, which is the government just needed to chuck a, a whole bunch of money at this. But... I know right, yeah. that people would say, no, you can't do that.
1: <laughs> money is complicated, yeah. So money isn't like a long-term solution. You can't just like chuck money out thing forever. Yes, absolutely. But when the only countries that are seeing success are the ones that are doing this, maybe we should follow them.
0: Um, but, but, but it's also the fact that other countries have... <laughs> like dealt with this well
1: yeah so There's... we're having to kind of try and follow people and do it slowly which is why the money problem is a big one which is why we're talking about like just giving everybody think. A... I think, the, I think the, the most recent thing they're, they're tr- trying to be maybe doing is giving us all a £500 voucher <laughs> Which will act as a, a, a kind of a loan. It's an indirect loan. It will right. go out via the population to the businesses that need it. And there's no real easy solution because money pushing money out and printing money and loaning money Ex- is really exactly. complicated. But there's no other solution. Just because there's no easy solution does not mean that the
0: solution is to open up everything. The other issue here is the fact that countries, particularly in the in Asia, who have dealt with this well. And we're attempting to copy them, but we can't because our cases are so much higher. And yeah, it's
1: still too high.
0: People are still dying every single day. We can't copy New Zealand or Thailand or whoever else because they actually dealt with the outbreak and we didn't. Yeah, so we've got to look at
1: Europe, really, because they're the ones that are ahead of us a wee bit. And look at how their slightly more relaxed lockdowns are doing. And look at how their methods to handle a collapsing economy are doing. Uh, We have to look to people who are comparable. Yes, we can look at New Zealand and be like, it's comparable to Scotland, but Scotland can't really control its borders as well, obviously, because we're already failing at doing that with the powers we do have. Um, People are underestimating, though, like once you do control the virus locally, most of the population within the borders can do whatever they want. We could still have that as the goal in the UK. Some very successful lockdowns and then some very successful regional lockdowns can get us to a point where there are easily traceable cases in the uk that can be individually handled and no massive uncontrolled outbreaks but we, we need testing we need a tracing system we need all sorts of things that we still don't have months into the process because the uk's goal probably is not to to control the virus in that sense like other countries have been able to but we could uh, we maybe or we could just stop testing everyone and then there's zero zero new cases every day.
0: Well as coronavirus cases surge across the US, uh, one Mexican state has closed itself off from the US yeah. out of concern for the safety of its own population. Man. The officials in Sonora moved. To slam the border shut before the start of the July fourth weekend. Yeah. Because which traditionally sees some visitors cross the border to celebrate it there. Yeah, cheap fireworks and cheap everything. It is part of the bigger story, which is cases spiking in several states in the US, which is now seeing daily rates of infection higher now than they were at the start of April mm-hmm. when things were really bad. But now they're really, really bad. Mm. Yeah. James, we talked about this last week. It's the fact that states opened up too much, too quickly. Yeah, they just went right from phase one to completely open, as far as we can tell. And yeah, basically, and Donald Trump has now said that actually 99% of these cases are completely harmless, Mm. despite the fact that 130,000 Americans have now died and nearly 3 million have been infected. Yeah, 99% across an entire population is a lot of deaths, Absolutely, Mr. Donald. And he also celebrated the July 4th Independence Day with a speech which was aimed at wiping out the radical left and, of course, again, mentioned the flu that came from China. Mm-hmm. It was deliberate now. They've said it was a
1: deliberate thing that China did. Um, they're just going to keep pointing fingers. I'm not sure what their long-term goal is because it's their voter base that is more vulnerable to this. They're literally losing votes by death. Um, I'm not sure. What they're trying to do anymore, um, but they're definitely just trying to blame everybody but themselves. Who knows if they're being successful in blaming everybody but themselves? But the state of all these different states is terrifying. The numbers are ridiculously high, and yeah, silver lining to it being happening to it happening again is that the hospitals are a bit more prepared, hopefully. And the infrastructure is a bit more prepared, again, hopefully, but that de- that depends on the same kind of like leadership and coordination as a a good response to the virus So maybe they aren't, and it's just double scary because they're doing the same thing again and they still aren't prepared. Um, there really isn't a good side to this. No, like, this isn't freedom. All we're seeing is they've politicized every single movement so that now wearing a mask is a is a sign of being docile, and not wearing a mask is like patriotic somehow but the same people will say that they
0: die for their states. And it's just confusing. It is confusing, but the stats are staggering, as you say. The number of infections is now regularly topping 50,000. And -hmm. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's the nation's top infectious disease expert, warned this week, I think it's pretty obvious that we're not going in the right direction. Yeah. You
1: don't see. He's really holding back a lot of words and trying to be tame. But I'm not sure. Like, I don't know how effective it is if you just got this like muffled dude in charge and of the in charge of the um, PR. I think he all he should go all out once, just one time, have an absolute blind rage, crack out the stats, call everybody a disgrace and a traitor, and just see what happens. Let somebody else be the the mouthpiece that's completely muffled and like c-
0: controlled into a moderate voice of kind of optimism. So contra- uh, contradicting Fauci. And other health experts, President Trump, had offered a wildly optimistic prediction in his speech oh, yeah. on Saturday, saying, yeah. we'll likely have a therapeutic and or vaccine solution long before the end of the year. Uh-huh, long before the end of the year. But <laughs> uh, the, the lion's share of what he was saying were essentially the rehash of what he said at Mount Rushmore on Friday, which was the focal point for... I've been reading a lot into this, it's very, very interesting. The cheyenne tribes whose land mount rushmore is on yeah i believe it's the uh, the black hills is the name of the land that belongs to these native americans which was taken back in the 1800s and these four presidents carved into the rock face two of whom owned slaves mm-hmm. and uh, one of whom ordered the largest aboriginal execution in history sorry in American history yeah so of course Trump decided that that was the best place to be doing his July 4th yeah speech yeah
1: and it was protest and block protested and blockaded by the yes tribes, it was. as you'd expect and hope they do uh, they are using their powers to uh, show that they disapprove but like for real I've been I've been doing the same reading into a lot of history of the tribes that do remain in United States and it's just so sad seeing it is very sad. the kind of reasons for their now poverty and reasons for their now uh difficult um, situations and how limited they have been made to be and how like alcohol dependent they've been made to be and how drug dependent they've made made to be and the more you look into it the more you realize it was all deliberate by some people who just thought they were too inconvenient so let's just like ply them with alcohol and drugs
0: and keep them poor and that'll make the problem easier to handle uh, part of the speech that Trump gave, this was the quote, he said, We are now in the process of defeating the radical left, the Marxists, the anarchists, the agitators, the looters, and people who in many instances have absolutely no clue what they are doing. Right. Potkettle Black. He's trying to tie in all bad
1: things to be leftists. And you a, see a, this
0: The whole July 4th Independence Day holiday is all about coming together. It's not about it's us versus them, but ah, it's now become that. No, like everything
1: is about divide of the establishment. Every like, Ugh. even even if you look onto the, the let's call them left of the uh, establishment, both the UK and US, it is very much about divide. It's about people against people, and it's never about wealthy against the poor. Nobody nobody will ever get any legitimate um, platform to say that. And we saw what happened to Corbyn when he tried to say stuff like that. Uh, everybody tries to divide. Um, and in America, the right are interested in dividing um, f- um, so they can make their supporters uh, agree that at least our leaders are hurting our internal enemies more than us. And the left are interested in dividing, again, quoting, and the left are interested in dividing to make themselves look good and to virtue signal and to not really do anything impactful. And it's similar over here. But the only thing that divides us is our class. <laughs> poor people need to just realize this yeah. and come together. We, Everybody that is on the lower end of these um, poverty spectrums, and even the middle class in these countries, which is now poor by any reasonable definition, need to realize that we are all controlled by this uh, system to be statically stuck with uh, our current wealth whether that's enough to live on or not enough to live on. It's just sad that we are so successfully divided, and it's sad that even uh, celebrations about unity are being turned into just another way to divide people further.
0: Sticking with the states, Kanye West has tweeted again... That he's gonna run for president this year. Yeah. So when's the new album coming out? <laughs> so he's actually he's actually late. If he wanted to run for president, he he would have had to file papers in several states a few months ago. He can still yeah. register as a write in candidate for certain states, but but he has he has he's missed the deadline really
1: yeah yeah. we were all we all knew he was going to try and run 2024 because that's what he's been saying this whole time he he has been saying that yeah so this this tweet out of the blue that he's going to do at this time out is he must just have an album coming out soon right he's he's just trying to get some headlines get his name attached to something
0: other than donald trump for a while (laughs) so some people are saying that this is an attempt to uh, split the black vote in america but in in realistic terms he's not going to be on the ballot yeah, so well, I don't think th- I, th- I don't think this is anything more than a PR stunt. It looks like it's just PR. Like, if it ends up that he has done a paperwork
1: and he is in the ballot, we can start trying to figure out if he's trying to divide the Democrat vote or if he's trying to divide the Republican vote. Because for a long time he's been kind of greasing up the Republicans. He's been chatting with Trump a lot, wearing their wearing their attire and speaking their messages. So you know it could be a long game trying to divide their vote. But it just it's just it's just PR this time around. Okay, I'd be very surprised if it was any actual long-term plan.
0: Let's move on to talk about Jeffrey Epstein, which is a, a while since we've dug up this case. After Epstein's death last summer, Ghislaine Maxwell, who is accused of grooming underage victims for Mr. Epstein, yeah. was arrested on Thursday... 20 armed agents and police reportedly took part in an early morning raid at her 156-acre property. And this is, as I say, it's coming up to a year since his death in a New York jail last summer. And Ghislaine is set to appear in court at the start of this week. James, this seems... It seemed like such a big deal that the BBC News gave me a a news alert. Yeah. My phone buzzed to tell me this has has happened. So this seems like a big deal. It is a big deal because... Everybody had been like
1: asking where she was for a fair while. And then we kind of stopped talking about her because nobody knew. And then that was it. Yeah. We're like, oh, well, I guess she's just disappeared to some rando island. Turned out she'd just been setting up a purchase of some estate in the U.S. and decided to stay there, which, you know, I'm glad she did because then she got caught. But it just seems like a real dumb move. Uh, to stay in a place where you're clearly going to get arrested if you are ever discovered. Uh, But it turns out the the police or the investigators or whoever, they knew where she was all along, and they were just waiting for the right paperwork to come through. And it took a while, apparently. So
0: the British socialite faces six charges in relation to alleged sex crimes, conspiracy, perjury, and essentially playing a crucial role in helping mm-hmm. Epstein to identify, befriend and, and groom children right. for abuse. Yeah. That's that's the charges anyway. And the fact that she's now in prison,
1: hopefully, will lead to a successful continuation of an investigation into her actions, into Epstein's actions, into finding out who the people that backed them are, who the people that they were working for are, you know. Yep. Sadly, I expect she's probably going to end up dead. I wouldn't be surprised at all (laughs) if she died over the next month or so.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. So let's talk about Prince Sweaty, who... Uh, No, Prince No Sweat. Prince No Sweat. Sorry, yes. Make sure I get that right. Prince Andrew, who, of course, in an interview with Emily Maitlis in the BBC last year, said, of course, he would cooperate with any sort of inquiry into Jeffrey Epstein. Ah, yes. Who... Yeah. Has since been uncooperative with any sort of FBI investigation and is... He's been asked to have a chat with him for a fair long time and he's been saying no for just as long. Yes, and he is still, I believe, in Britain because if he sets foot in the States, I believe he would be be arrested. He would be brought in, I do expect, yes. Do you expect that this arrest will change anything?
1: (laughs) No... They're like, what? They're, he's not going to ever visit the States again. No. I mean, if he does, again, I'm, I'd be really happy. Good. He, like, great. He made a big mistake for himself, but good for the rest of the world, I suppose. Uh, and there's no way that the US is going to ask the UK to send him over. And even if they did, there's absolutely not a chance the UK would agree. Uh, so, I don't know. Apart, Aside from just a change of heart and him just, you know, wanting to just do what is right about the whole situation as late as it is um this isn't going to lead to anything with him he he can keep not sweating for
0: a long long time (laughs) okay sticking with the states and questions have arisen over reports that vladimir putin had offered bounties or paid bounties to taliban insurgents for the deaths of u.s soldiers in afghanistan Well, and uk and other. Allied, allied soldiers, shall we say, U.S. and their allies. The questions arise out of the the fact that intelligence officials are saying that the president was told about this in February and did mm-hmm. nothing. He well, no, he didn't do nothing.
1: Uh, shortly after that, he in, he was publicly inviting uh, us all to discuss bringing uh, Russia back into the G eight. It would have become right. Yeah. So uh, the follow up was just supporting Russia even more after he found out that they
0: were paying for his own people to get killed. Putin has acted with impunity for, I want to say decades now. Yes. And I and that's not going to change until he gets so old that he can no longer be president. Yeah, I and mean, then somebody else will fill in his little space. Right. Genuine question. Do you think he will be he will be the Russian president for uh, until until he dies until he's bored of it i
1: reckon right he still hasn't like he's picking it back up now he's he's extending the max term length and he's having a token vote to allow him to continue on but this this story is huge because the us knew about this nato had been briefed about it uk knew about it so i'm really surprised that none of them did anything and maybe they did but I think that having the story out now for a fair few days, we would have been told about all of our different responses to it. But it looks like nobody did anything, right? Which points like a lot. Of, which brings up a lot of questions about all of those countries. Yeah, because uh, like not all of them are the UK or the US. Some of them have leaders that seem to be stronger than ours. Some um, it is. It is a. There's a lot of questions that hopefully we'll see yeah. answers uh, for. So soon.
0: apparently in April and May, Trump and President Putin spoke by phone six times. Yeah, which for them even for them is a lot. Yeah, apparently without Afghanistan being mentioned at all. Ah, yeah, sure. Not on the public record. But but this but this just continues that track record of Trump essentially sucking up to Putin and and cozying up to him. Oh, yeah, and other
1: dictatorial individuals across the world he respects, Trump respects authority and power. So people who exercise their authority and power to do bad things, Trump is going to respect them. It doesn't matter what the impact is. Trump's just going to respect them. You see that in, in all of the gatherings of world leaders, he's always cozying up to the bad ones. So it's no surprise that he, he did nothing about this. He doesn't care about his own people. He doesn't care about his own soldiers. The only thing he cares about is what Putin thinks about him. And he doesn't even... Uh, he didn't care. He doesn't care at all about like what Merkel thinks. He didn't care about what May thought. He we've seen reports that he was just like lambasting them 24/7. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's this very strange brain that he's got, um, where he respects vile people, and apparently will let them do whatever they want.
0: Taking it back to the UK, and Boris Johnson has pledged to extend the right of Hong Kong citizens to live and work in the UK, after accusing China of a clear and serious breach of a treaty with britain yeah uh, the pm confirmed that britain would open uh, would open a pathway to c- citizenship that's hard to say mm. for hong kong british national overseas passport holders around three million people yes following the introduction the introduction of china's new security law yeah there, there were protests in hong kong lots of people were arrested this has brought international condemnation of the way that China have brought in this new and enforced this new security law. Yeah, there is
1: actually responses here and there. I'm actually I'm, I'm somewhat surprised.
0: Right, but but my point is it's just responses. It's nothing else. Yeah, we'll find out if any of the responses lead
1: to action because this is, again, just a pledge. We're pledging to do this. Australia is yeah. pledging to do stuff and there's just this joint pact of countries that are pledging to do this and that. Uh, so hopefully some of it comes to fruition. And hopefully China's response is one of, oh, I suppose we've crossed the line. Let's start cooperating with the world rather than just trying to do our own thing and hoping for the best, because they are going to start losing business, it looks like. They're overstepping. People are actually keen to detangle from uh, the Chinese influence. So it's a shame that they've had so long to kind of have a soft empire all over the world and um, hopefully this is some steps in the right direction because one country having a lot of power over everybody is always going to be bad. I really do want this to work because the UK needs immigration. It does. And while we've cancelled the immigration with, you know, countries that were deemed bad by Nigel Farage and Boris, hopefully this is a replacement for that because we're going to have a pension catastrophe
0: without immigration. But, but it was the fact, though, that this was announced and... Like the whole Tory MO and everything about Brexit has been about keeping those darn immigrants out. Yeah, but and here they it's come. It's just having the it's just having the right immigrants.
1: They found a source for immigration that the UK population supports. Uh, we've got this attachment, or the older generations in particular have this attachment to Hong Kong that allows them to get this. Uh, passed them as a good idea. And it is it's a good idea. We should have this policy with, with everywhere, though. <laughs> it's, immigration is a very sustainable thing, um, no matter what the people on that side of the uh, argument tell you about it. Um, China are promising to bring us to court because we're breaking the treaties and stuff like that, but you know we're saying you broke it first. So this could end up uh, as a pretty big international uh, moment. Right. Hopefully a peaceful one, though.
0: Before we move on to lighter things and finish up, Boris Johnson has said he would not take the knee. Yeah, yeah. A symbol of support for Black Lives Matter, saying he does not believe in gestures. And that was in inverted commas. It's a valid reason to not take the knee
1: is that you don't believe in gestures. He's talking about doing, doing actions instead of just doing things to look good. Well done, Boris. James, what did he do today? Boris clapped for the NHS. <laughs> it's, his twi- it's his 72nd anniversary. Clap, clap, clap. He's also yeah. clapped for the NHS every week, as far as I can tell. How about that for a gesture, Boris? What's that? Are you do- are you raising their wages at all? No. Are you funding them any better? No. Are you helping them feel more safe and at work? No. But you're going to clap
0: for them? Wow, the hypocrisy. <laughs> I don't understand, though. What is the what is the problem? Now, I know... the Okay, hold on. Before I say this, I know what the answer is. But what is the problem with saying, yes, I would take a knee? What is the issue with that? He could spin it so
1: well. He could be like, you know, I would take the knee uh, to respect the movement. But the problem is that his his voter base and people in the UK are calling it an unnecessary thing to support BLM. Right. Because there's no police violence over here. Yeah, but there is a wee bit. It's not as bad as the States, but there is a wee bit. And there's no racism over here. And there's quite a lot of racism over here. Uh, So he could really have owned this and be like, I would take the knee to uh, show a sign of respect to this and that and the next thing. And all sorts of really just reasons uh, to be taking the knee at this time and tie it into the BLM movement and really do a good message. But he's just like, no, I don't do gestures. And that's just real dumb. Come on, Boris. It is. Come on. (laughs) I'm still waiting for the Keir Starmer versus Boris Johnson press-up competition. What an embarrassment that was, too. Oh, my goodness. How bad are things getting? Did he challenge Boris to a press-up contest? Boris? This might be old news by now. I don't know how long ago this was. Boris, when he got asked about his health, said that he, after, you know, because he got the old corona, said he's as fit as a butcher's dog. He's real healthy. And he proceeded to do a press-up to prove it. And then the media being the media were like, Starmer. What do you think about Boris doing a push-up? And Starmer being like, I guess, someone who needs to prove his masculinity because, you know, that kind of toxicity exists even in the upper echelons. Uh, said that he might use his first PMQ's question to challenge Boris to a first-to-50 push-up competition. Wow. It's just so childish and embarrassing. Yeah, That's the state of the media. That's the state of our leadership. There's nothing legitimate getting spoken about. And to criticize Starmer even more, he's tweeted out a powerful message, like challenging the government to commit to having a conversation about maybe raising the wages of the NHS. And how weak is that statement? <laughs> challenge them to do it. Don't challenge them to maybe talk about it someday.
0: Maybe let's let's like maybe have a comment. We could like could, sit down could and we, chat.
1: Could we chat about this? Maybe can I challenge you to talk about this? Maybe maybe please. It's like no, just tell them to do it. <laughs>
0: Okay, James. Let's wrap up. Have you watched or finished anything this week—a TV show, a movie? What's been up? I've
1: read a book. Hey, my progress through reading has improved. I finished a book called *People of the Book*, which is about—it's a fictional take on something that's inspired by reality. There's there's a a book. It's this. It's the, It's a Haggadah. Okay. It's in It's one one of the few in the world that was uh, that had pictures all in it. I can't remember what you call that. Enlightened. It was an Enlightened one. <laughs> Someone did all the art for stuff. And it, was, it had a big, long story, a history. People don't know its origins. People don't know how it got from here to there, how it ended up in uh, Sarajevo at the end of the day. So it's somebody who's tying the few known facts about it, uh, the fact that it was... Uh, rescued through a civil war the fact that it was rescued through world war ii and the people who did that but then going further back tying in fictional well, fully fictional characters into explaining how it reached like spain and how it got from spain to the next place and how it uh, got uh, okay. painted in the first place Um so people are saying it's, it's kind of like <laughs> the da vinci code i disagree because it's well written uh it doesn't rely on cliffhangers to make you read the next chapter. It's just this um, book that goes through the protagonist's perspective. She's uh, somebody who l- tries to figure out the history of books and rest and restore them to put them in display. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's working through it, and this she comes across like all these different clues as to the origin. And then, as each clue is found and uh, each and investigated, we go into the fictional. Well, here's maybe who did that. Right. Like some like some, old, some drunk priest saving the book from getting burned by uh, the Inquisition. All that kind of thing. So the whole book is fiction. But there is some reality to it. And it's made me really interested in looking into the real aspects of it. And fortunately, okay. at the end of the book, the author does a little detailed list of how they wrote the book. Which parts are true? Which parts are <laughs> inspired? Which characters are based on real people? And it was really cool. Nice. Uh, so I highly recommend a book called People of Book. It's by uh christine no geraldine geraldine brooks i forgot the first name geraldine It's by geraldine brooks lovely well james
0: i am on thor the dark world oh yay speaking of good media in my marvel watch along yes this is the 2013 movie with chris hemsworth tom hiddleston natalie portman sir anthony hopkins uh, idris elba and of course christopher eccleston oh it's such a shame right. directed by alan taylor who yeah as far as i know didn't really direct much before this and it's the follow-up to the first thor the film begins after the events of the avengers loki is a prisoner thor's uh, brought peace to the nine realms and uh, somehow his Human love thing Jane has managed to get herself infected with (laughs) one of the infinity gems, the ether.
1: Yes, she did. She accidentally went to a place by accident and then touched a thing because that's what you do when you go to places that are dangerous. I mean, what are the chances? I know, it's just its like it's destiny or fate or bad writing or something. <laughs>
0: Indeed, a combination of all three. Uh, Thor takes her back to Asgard and teams up with Loki uh, to destroy Christopher Eccleston's dark elves who are after Jane and her ether power.
1: Uh, yeah, who are just super heavily cg and makeup to the point where you can't actually interface
0: with them as a villain let me just start with this right this film sucks this film is terrible it is yes to me one of the worst if not the worst in the entire marvel franchise yeah i i have a list of things i liked and there are three The I, first one.
1: I hope I can add to this list. The
0: first one being that Chris O'Dowd is in this film. I totally forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And despite the fact that his lines are terrible, even just his presence alone is delightful. And yeah, I like that. I like film. Yeah. Uh, Loki cosplaying as Captain America is great for the 10 seconds or so that it lasts. Oh, yeah. And the characters are more themselves. Yeah, they got, they got some definition. They, they, they know more who they are. Yeah, except and scientist lead he right well, he, well hold on hold yeah. on hold on that's i'm coming to that okay I'd, uh, I'd say the visuals have improved as well okay yes let's go to right. the back wait can I'm i gonna... add to the list can i add to the list right go for
1: it there is one funny gag in the film which is thor hangs up his hammer when he walks into somebody's house and that was funny okay he hangs He hangs his he hangs a on a coat rack and i had a giggle
0: that's the best part of this film. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so on to the bad. Right. Let's go with C- Christopher Eccleston's villain. Oh. I feel really, really sorry for Mr. Eccleston. I'm. Oh, he's damn. spoken about this in interviews. Yeah. But his villain, Malekith, is undoubtedly the worst in the entire franchise. Because, as you say, Such a shame. he's covered in prosthetics and CGI. And his whole storyline is that he's a dark elf. And he wants to bring the universe darkness. And be- because he does, and yeah. that's enough for you. you. That's all you need to know. He's a bad guy. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. His whole story was removed from the film. It, the, the whole film starts with a Hopkins narrated exposition. And talking of Sir Anthony Hopkins, he only exists to give exposition about what the plot is doing and, and who these people were. He just gives backstory and yeah. and history. That's all he does in this movie. Okay, anyway. He does a good job of it. Like, I like his voice. There are, in this film, more occasions of stupid people doing stupid things than in any other Marvel film. For example, yeah. Jane slash Natalie Portman's intern, who is cat. Uh, cat. Dennings, who plays a character called Darcy, mm-hmm. who also has a, an intern in this film called Ian, mm-hmm. and they've discovered this void where things disappear. Yeah. And Ian decides to chuck the car keys into said void. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for what reason? It's not even funny. I it's mean, just stupid.
1: It might have been like an allusion to the fact that that's a thing in real life. Like, they call us a void. Where you have your car keys and you're walking across a bridge and they call us a void is like, Thr- throw the throw the car keys into the river, go on. But there are it's... Like, we all feel it, so maybe it was maybe it was a commentary in that. But it's not you know? just I'm that not calling though. It clever,
0: it's still bad, but you know, yeah, call it a void. But it's it's also the fact that the two of them go to the police station to go get Stellan Skarsgard out of prison, which I'll get to in a minute. Yeah. And their fake pretending that he's their father is mm-hmm. horrendous. Yeah. The Marvel humor in this film. Is that it's most unfunny and some of it and is most properly awful. Yeah, it's just cringe-inducingly yeah. bad. Yeah, I think this film taught them to not do this anymore. Right, and then let's get to Still and Skarsgård. Who, my goodness, I think he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. in this movie, he's portrayed as being. Mentally ill for laughs. Yeah, it's just a giggle. Apparently, he's the film. You know, his first foray into this film, he is running naked around Stonehenge. Yeah, and then later on, he is giving a lecture at an insane asylum. Yeah, and we're, we're supposed to be giggling
1: at his mental misfortune. Correct. And I
0: didn't. I didn't get it once. And then there's Thor, who again yeah. is only really. He's the only one who doesn't become himself because Thor Ragnarok really did define him as a character. But mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. this third act, after Loki has, an embra- in brackets, in quotation marks, died, after Loki has yeah. died, yeah. Thor has a chance to mourn his brother's fake death whilst the baddies do something. I don't know. They just let him grieve. And then within three minutes, he's making jokes about Jane's new love interest, Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. And in the same way that last week I talked about Iron Man two, Iron Man 3 and his PTSD, which only seems to... His PTSD only seems to appear at the, the quiet moments. When it's convenient for the film. Yeah, at the same way with Thor. That grief only appeared at that particular moment. And then he snaps back into who he always was. Yeah, yeah. And it's... I just hated this film. Yeah. It's absolute rubbish. But that, that's the case for early Marvel
1: films. Early Marvel films had the opportunities... To write in those clever story arcs of like, well, this intelligent guy, he's had a mental breakdown and like treat it with respect. And then like, hey, this character thinks his family's died. Treat it with respect. And hey, this character's got PTSD. Treat it with respect. But they didn't. They treated it all as conveniences and or jokes. Yeah. Um, I th- I hope they've changed since then. I I, I I don't think I'm quite satisfied yet.
0: It's It's absolutely rotten. Don't watch it. And it can only get better yeah. from here. Yeah, and sorry, sorry,
1: Eccleston. Like, wow, so underused. It's a shame.
0: Okay, James, that has brought us to the end of the show. Thank you very much. All right. If you, dear listener, have watched or read or done anything fun, send in a review. Please do get in touch by... Absolutely, gmail, yeah. Gmail, Gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just send us a message. That would be delightful. Yeah, just say hello. We, everybody needs some hellos sometimes.
1: Absolutely. Right, James, thank you very much. See you next week. All right, Colin, thank you very much. See you next week. Bye bye, 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 bye.